Hey guys, good morning or good afternoon whenever you listen to this. Um, On today's episode of Faith Fit, we are going to be doing our second part of a three-part series. Um, The first part from last week was overtraining syndrome, um, signs, symptoms, and treatments for that. And today, as the second part, we're going to talk about stress and adrenal fatigue. So I want to just start out by saying um, a little bit about stress. So it can be defined as the degree to which you feel overwhelmed or unable to cope as a result of pressures that are just unmanageable. And that comes from mentalhealth.org. Stress is just the body's reaction to any change that requires an adjustment or response. So the body reacts to these changes with physical, mental, and emotional responses. Stress is a normal part of life, and you can experience stress from the environment, from your body, or from your thoughts, or a mixture of everything. So when we think of stress, a lot of people are becoming aware that cortisol is a huge part of that. So it's typically known as the stress hormone. So cortisol is a steroid hormone that regulates a wide range of processes throughout the body, including our metabolism and the immune response. It also has a really important role in helping the body respond to stress from the environment and thoughts, all that stuff. So moving a little further down the rabbit hole with stress, we have adrenal fatigue, which is a pseudoscientific term used by alternative medicine providers primarily to suggest that the adrenal glands are exhausted and unable to produce adequate quantities of hormones, primarily cortisol, due to chronic stress or infections. And the adrenal glands, if you don't know, they are um, glands that are small and triangular shaped that are located on top of both kidneys. Adrenal glands produce hormones like cortisol, DHEA, among others. Um, when they help to regulate our metabolism, our metabolism, <laughs> Um, metabolism, immune system, blood pressure, and response to stress and other essential functions. So some of those um, words we just talked about, stress, cortisol, adrenal fatigue, adrenal glands, those are just going to be some words we're talking about today, giving you a little bit of background and definition of them. Um, The next thing I want to talk about is how cortisol, the stress hormone, works. So all of this is is basic, um, trying to keep it simple so that it's easy to understand um, in these bite-sized pieces. So how cortisol, the stress hormone, works in our body. So the adrenal glands that we just talked about that are located on the top of our kidneys release cortisol into our bloodstream. The hormone, cortisol, triggers a flood of glucose that supplies an immediate energy source to your large muscles. So legs, if you think way, way back, um, our ancestors would have, you know, you hear stress response as the fight or flight response. And that basically means if, like you said, if you think back to ancestors that are, you know, maybe trying to outrun a tiger, all of a sudden those adrenal glands shoot out the cortisol. um, And then that triggers glucose, which is sugar. It's a carbohydrate supplies an immediate energy source to our large muscles, so thank your legs, um, to you, so that you can outrun the tiger, or at least try to. Um, and then 
Cortisol inhibits insulin production so that the glucose won't be stored, but will be available for immediate use. Cortisol then narrows the arteries while another hormone called epinephrine increases your heart rate. Working together, they force your heart to pump blood harder and faster as you confront and resolve the immediate threat, so that fight or flight. Hormone levels return to normal after the event. So for instance, let's say you're driving and you have to swerve out of the way to not hit an oncoming car. So in that moment, the stress hormone, that cortisol gets released by your adrenal glands. You have a flood of glucose. You got immediate energy. Um, Your focus gets super honed in and you swerve out of the way. And then as soon as that stressor is gone, the hormone levels should return to normal. However, if your life is constantly in high stress, your body will continuously pump out cortisol. So too much of a good thing can be bad and dangerous to our health. So cortisol is actually helpful and good for our bodies. Um, It's a normal part of our life. It's actually a mechanism that our bodies have to get us out of those stressful situations and that fight or flight, right? But if we're constantly living in that, with that high stress, and we're constantly going um, just with our adrenals pumping out the cortisol, it's just, it's not good. It can be dangerous to your health. So this is a look at what happens when we're living with high stress all the time, and we're not getting that chance for our hormone levels to return back down to a normal, sustainable level. So our blood sugar levels increase. Insulin typically helps the cells convert glucose to energy, and as your pancreas will struggle to keep up with the high demand for insulin, glucose levels in your blood remain high and your cells don't get the sugar they need to perform at their best. Moving on, we got weight gain. Yes, I said it, (laughs) weight gain. As your cells are crying out for energy, your body may send signals to the brain that you're hungry and you need to eat. Studies have demonstrated a direct association between cortisol levels and calorie intake in populations of women, specifically. So false hunger hunger signals can lead you to crave high-calorie foods, overeat, and thus gain weight. Unused glucose in the blood is eventually stored as body fat. So when we have high stress levels in our body, um, our brain sends signals that we're hungry and we need to eat. Um, and I'm sure a lot of you can, so I'm sure a lot of you can relate to, um, having those high stress levels and just wanting to eat more. You feel hungry. Maybe you're craving sweets, um, X, Y, Z. It's totally just part of having all that cortisol in your body. Um, and then moving on, we got a suppressed immune system. So cortisol's positive action to reduce inflammation in the body can turn against you if your levels are too high for too long. So that's again, too much of a good thing is bad. So these elevated levels may actually suppress your immune system, and this could make you more susceptible to colds and contagious illnesses. Your risk of cancer and autoimmune diseases increases, and you may develop food allergies. So again, cortisol, too much of it is not a good thing. Um, You can also develop digestive problems. So when your body reacts to a threat, so think of um, outrunning a tiger, or swerving to miss a car, or trying to make that deadline at work, 
um, your body shuts down other less critical functions such as digestion. If the high stress level is constant, your digestive tract can't digest or absorb food well. It is no coincidence that ulcers occur during stressful times and people with colitis or IBS, which is irritable bowel syndrome, report better symptom control when they get their stress under control. Heart disease is another thing that can pop up, so constricted arteries and high blood pressure can lead to blood vessel damage and plaque buildup in your arteries. They could be setting the stage for a heart attack or stroke. So let's talk about some symptoms of chronic stress. We have fatigue, irritability, headaches, intestinal problems such as constipation, bloating or diarrhea, anxiety or depression, weight gain, increased blood pressure, low libido, erectile dysfunction, or problems with regular ovulation or menstrual periods. So a lot of times, um, I see this a lot with athletes, uh, women, female athletes that just have so much training, they actually lose their period because there's so much stress um, being imposed on their muscles and their body, and that's actually called amenorrhea, and it's very, very common, um, like I said, especially among female athletes. A couple other symptoms are difficulty recovering from exercise and poor sleep, so an inability to fall asleep or stay asleep. Um, Now, the treatment for chronic stress is sleep. Exercise regularly. Get out into the sunlight. Drink less alcohol and caffeine, especially close to bedtime. Setting a sleep schedule can help. Not looking at your electronics 30 to 60 minutes before bed and trying meditation or other forms of relaxation at bedtime. So those are all ways to help increase and promote better sleep, which is one of the treatments for sleep. Because when we are sleeping, that is when our body is able to repair and heal. So if we're not get, getting good sleep, we're not getting that, um, that time for our body to heal and repair what needs to be repaired. Um, another treatment is our diet. And when I say diet, I don't mean drinking Slim Fast and Jenny Craig. I mean diet as in the overall habitual eating that you do daily. So looking at diet, your nutrition, um, cutting back on fat and sugar. So if you have excess fat and sugar intake that negatively affects our body, um, we look at increasing carbohydrates um, and specifically complex carbohydrates. So think sweet potatoes versus you know, French fries or just white pastas. Um, You look at increasing lean proteins and fatty acids that are found in fish, um, like salmon, and eating more nuts. Again, that's going to have fatty acids and lots of good nutrition there. Another thing we can do with our diet is increase more antioxidants because antioxidants protect cells against damage from chronic stress. So you can find these in beans, fruits, vegetables, spices, nuts. Antioxidants are in a lot of things. I know typically you just think of blueberries, um, but there's actually a high content in spices as well. So increasing all those things in our diet and decreasing fat and sugar as it negatively affects our body. So Moving on from there, if we look at exercise as treatment, people who exercise tend to feel better about themselves, and when we feel good, our minds tend to follow. Exercise can stimulate release of hormones like endorphins and endocannabinoids that help block pain, improve sleep, 
and can have a sedative effect. Um, some of them, like the endocannabinoids, may be responsible for the euphoric feeling or runner's high that some people report after long runs. Um, also, you can use relaxation, meditation, or yoga so that slow movement and stretching and deep breathing can significantly help with stress and anxiety. Another treatment could be connecting with people. So it's a natural way that you can calm yourself and lower your stress. When you connect with people in person, your body releases oxytocin, the feel-good hormone. So I know you hear about that sometimes when people say, you know, to hug someone and hugging for, I think it's like 20 seconds or more or something, you get a bigger release of the oxytocin, feel-good hormone. Another thing you can do is laugh therapy. So laughing improves your immune system, it lessens pain, and improves your mood for long periods of time. And this is an easy thing to do. You can watch your favorite show, a funny movie, or when you're connecting with people, um, you know, telling jokes, making, uh, just making your friends laugh, or vice versa. Um, that's another good one. Um, another one is talk therapy. So this is seeing, you know, seeing a psychologist, a therapist, a, a counselor. Um, cognitive behavioral therapy um, can help you change negative thought patterns and a therapist can guide you toward other approaches that might be helpful for you individually. So those are some of just the, the treatments that you can use and that's that's not a end-all be-all. That's, that's just some of the treatments that are out there that are very common for chronic stress. And um, so moving on from chronic stress, if you are in that for such a long period of time, the other thing I talked about when we started this was the adrenal fatigue. So with adrenal fatigue, uh, basically those adrenal glands are just so overworked that they stop functioning efficiently for your body. And symptoms of adrenal fatigue, um, one of the common ones with chronic stress is fatigue in general. Now, with adrenal fatigue, it's particularly upon waking um, with intermittent crashes throughout the day. You can have a poor stress response and mood regulation, cognitive issues or brain fog, cravings for salty and sweet foods, overuse of caffeine and other stimulants, and a compromised immune system. Um, those are the common symptoms of adrenal fatigue. Now, there's less common symptoms, and those are believed to include insomnia, frequent urination, loss of muscle tone, poor circulation, depression, weight gain, and decreased libido. So some of those are being seen again after the chronic stress symptoms. Um, they have some crossovers there like the insomnia, uh, weight gain, decreased libido, and fatigue. Um, now, the causes of adrenal fatigue are thought to be just chronic stress. So, Again, if you think about stress, um, the cortisol hormone running through our body, too much of it is a bad thing. And over time, you can go from just being chronically stressed to um, tapping into that adrenal fatigue where you're going to have more severe symptoms. It's going to start affecting more of your life. So with adrenal fatigue, the treatment, um, some of the things you can do is adequate daily hydration managing blood sugar through a balanced eating schedule. Um, meditation is also believed to have positive effects on restoring the adrenal glands to um, an optimal function for our bodies. Um, and there are some supplements that are thought to help ease adrenal fatigue. 
and these include vitamin C, which is necessary for the growth, development, and repair of all body tissues. It's involved in many body functions, including formation of collagen, absorption of iron, the proper functioning of the immune system, wound healing, and maintenance of cartilage, bones, and teeth. So vitamin C is extremely important. Another one we can do is magnesium. Now, magnesium is an electrolyte. It's essential to muscle contraction and relaxation. Lack of dietary magnesium can contribute to an increase in stress. So upping your magnesium intake is a great way to help um, just the overworked stress body, stress response in our body. Um, also, B vitamins, cell health growth and red blood cells. So our B vitamins, um, they're going to help with energy levels, eyesight, healthy brain function, better digestion, appetite, proper nerve function, hormone and cholesterol production, cardiovascular health, and muscle tone. So our B vitamins help the cell health and the growth of red blood cells. So they do a lot, also super important. Another supplement you can think about incorporating is coenzyme Q10. So CoQ10, this can reduce oxidative damage and inflammation. Ashwagandha is another one, and this can reduce cortisol, reduce anxiety and depression. Um, another one we have is rhodiola, and not sure if I'm saying that right, but I'll spell it out for you. It's R-H-O-D-I-O-L-A. And this is used for increasing energy, stamina, strength, mental capacity, and as a so-called adaptogen to help the body adapt to and resist physical, chemical, and environmental stress. The last one I'm going to talk about is called licorice root. This is a potent antioxidant and an anti-inflammatory and an antimicrobial. So it can potentially ease upper respiratory infections, treat ulcers, and aid in digestion. So when we are chronically stressed, we talked about how that can cause digestive problems and food allergies. Um, so this licorice root can help aid in our digestion, so it can help us. So adding in these supplements, um, something you can try, but always, 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 if you're concerned that you might have adrenal fatigue or chronic stress, I would recommend going to see your doctor and just talking about it and seeing what is the best plan of action. Um, but I also think that you need to be your own advocate, and a lot of times doctors just want to prescribe you know, oh, you have anxiety, so here's some anxiety medication when really the anxiety is coming from too much stress in your life um, and which we need to treat the stress. Where is that coming from? Fix that and not try to just fix the symptoms because we constantly are getting all these diagnoses that are really just tally marks of symptoms and not the actual cause of what's going on. Um, and that's personally, that's personally my thought. And I think that um, in my own personal experience, which I'm going to be talking about next week um, as my part three of this three-part series, um, we really do have to turn inward and know our body and listen to our body and see, you know, what's right for us because what's right for us um, can be completely overlooked by a doctor. And I think it's important to just keep fighting for yourself and whatever it is. Um, so I hope that this was helpful. There's 
so much information out there and I wanted to just take bite-sized pieces and break it down um, just a basic overview of stress in the body and you know what type of symptoms to look for if you think you might have chronic chronic stress and just what kind of treatments are out there and then also talk a little bit about adrenal fatigue um, and if you do think you have adrenal fatigue which um, is sometimes recognized by doctors and sometimes it's not you know it's that pseudoscientific term that's primarily in alternative medicine however um, there are supplements out there that is just a, an adrenal support supplement um, and that's something you can think about too um, so with that said i'm going to go ahead and close this um, episode of faith fit and we'll um, i'll be back next week for my part three of this three-part series. So I hope you guys all have a great day. I hope you learned something today and I'll see you soon.